Peter chapter number one, and we want to continue this series on unpacking the Christian life. Today, we're, uh, it's a great subject, this matter about our, our new life in Christ, uh, being newborn, or the Bible actually calls it born again. When I was studying this lesson, it's not really in this lesson, but I was thinking about that conversation that, uh, that Jesus had with a man by the name of Nicodemus. And if you remember that, that passage there, uh, he was talking to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus was trying to understand this matter about being a Christian and about how can a, how can a person be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? You all know what I'm talking about, that portion? And, uh, and it was, you know, by the way, a lot of folks, even Christians that are saved, they struggle about this matter about being saved. And she's in the nursery. All right, uh, Miss Maylene, can you do roll for me in Sunday school? Would you mind? And uh, just need somebody to do that. And so, if you would. And so, so when you think about Nicodemus, it's so important for us to understand this matter of our new life in Christ. And the truth is to celebrate the the life that we have with the Lord. And so the lesson this morning begins, and you'll see hopefully as these verses I think will ring in our ears, in 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse uh, number 2, the Bible says in verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto what? Unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now again, when you look at that verse we just read, he says it's God's divine power that God has given to us all things that pertain unto life. Folks, we can't save ourselves, right? Uh, it is a work of God. It's, it's really a miraculous work of God in our lives to be a saved person. And the Bible says in verse number four, look at this, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these, by these promises of God, that ye might be partakers of the what? Divine nature. Now look here, do you understand this morning that you and I, we are born sinners. Would you agree with that this morning? That all of us have that Adamic nature, talking about Adam, referring back to the first man, because we're all descendants of that first man. We all have that sin nature. We're born with it. Uh, no one has to teach us how to do things wrong. It just comes naturally. When you study the Word of God, there's three people that the Bible describes. One is called the natural man. That's an unsaved person who lives by the sin nature. Then you have the spiritual man. That's a saved person. Okay, so natural man, unsaved. Spiritual man, saved. But then there's a third person that the Word of God describes, and that is a carnal man. Now, that is someone that is saved, but they still live according to the flesh. They allow. Now, the Bible tells us, to walk in the spirit, to uh, not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And it's so important we understand that once we are saved, that we are newborn in Christ. Now, in, in, as a way of introduction this morning, let me just share with you a few thoughts that I had when I thought about this new birth that we have in Christ. And I, I love to see 
children being born, babies being born. But boy, it's exciting, Brother Gilbert, when people come to know Christ as their Savior. Uh, they're born again, as the Bible tells us, that they were lost in sin. They were on their way to a Christless eternity. But because of the work of the Holy Spirit of God, they now have a home in heaven because they have been gloriously saved. Now, here's what happens is, in life, would you say this is a true statement, that we define ourselves by what we do? Would you, would you agree with that? In other words, uh, somebody might say, I'm a carpenter. And so that's what he does. That's how he defines himself. Somebody might say, well, uh, you know, I'm a teacher. Uh, right here uh, on the front row, we, we have two nurses, and they, that's how they define themselves, by what they do. They're nurses. That's what they do for a living. But listen, we tend to also define ourselves by our pursuits, the things we go after, by our accomplishments. And many times people define themselves by their abilities, by their vocation, and this is what we would call the norm in American individualism. Now, if we follow that pattern, and stay with me this morning, if we follow that pattern by defining ourselves by what we do, okay, as we enter into this realm of real Christianity, okay, if we, if we keep that same mentality as we think about the Christian life, then we are again tempted to define ourselves even as a Christian, by what we do, okay? And, and a lot of times, you know, like for me, I'm a Christian, but I am a pastor. We define ourselves even in the Christian realm. So in other words, instead of walking with God, here's what happens. We start actually performing for God. It's, it's look what I do for God. Now, don't get me wrong. I think it's it's great. We're talking about helping in vacation Bible school and, and being a part of, of the team that's going to help these boys and girls learn about the Lord. But it's not about us performing for God. It, look, we're tempted to define our Christian identity, and here's the key, by behavior rather than by birth. See, our Christian identity is not based on our behavior. It's based on our birth. Let me give you a great example of that. When you study the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, you find a lot of times when you study the Word of God that people are described as, and it gives their name, and, it, and then it says the son of, and then it gives their daddy's name. For instance, when you get to the book of Joshua, it says Joshua, the son of Nun. Uh, David, David was the son of who? Jesse, right? The son of Jesse. Now, here's a good one I liked was Jesus Christ, the son of God. That's a good one right there. Now, when you think about it, over a thousand times, matter of fact, a thousand twenty-nine times, that phraseology, the son of, is given in the word of God. Now, what is that telling us? That's telling us that a person's identity was a function of family heritage. Uh, James and John, they were the sons of Zebedee. So when you, when you think about our lives, listen, many times we as Christians try to identify ourselves by our behavior. Listen, it's not important 
the behavior is not the important part. The important part is our birth, that we have been born again. You with me this morning? We need to understand this morning that we have been born from above, that, that you and I are newborn in Christ. Now, prior to the breakdown, and that's what we've had in America, the breakdown in the family, people define themselves by birth, not by behavior. And that's exactly what God does. God defines us by our birth. See, we belong to God because of our belief. Uh, in other words, I became a Christian, a child of God, because I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the exact same way you did. See, that's how a person becomes a part of the family of God, is to be born into or to be birthed into the family of God. Our behavior does not determine God's love for us. Let me say that again. Your behavior and mine does not determine how much God loves us. You know why God loves us? Because of our beliefs because of what we believe. And this morning, I want to look at some aspects from the Word of God about our relationship with God. And here's the key to these aspects, that all of these aspects that we're going to look at this morning, they were fully in place at the moment that you were born into God's family. They were already there, all right? So here's the thing is, I hope this morning you see them the way I saw them. It's a wonderful thing to be a Christian, is it not? Think about this this morning. You are a part of the family of God. Isn't that an awesome thing this morning? So look at the first thing I want you to see this morning. When we talk about being newborn in Jesus, all right, notice that this is meaning that we are 100% a new Christian. Uh, excuse me, a new creature. We are 100% a new cre creature. Now, according to the Word of God, just like you see in life, that when a new baby is born, and I, I love babies. I, I don't love them as much as the mothers do, but babies are so cute and they're so cuddly, you know? You're just like, you're, you're standing there, you're holding that, but oh, it'd be so cute. And then all of a sudden you hear this noise rumble in the diaper. And then all of a sudden, that, that baby is not so cute anymore. Uh, you're looking around for the mom or dad going, uh, here, I think you, you might want this baby back, you know? <laughs> because there's a little present waiting for you uh, with that little baby. You know why? Because as cute and as cuddly as babies are, guess what? They make messes, right? And I, I haven't ever seen a baby that doesn't make uh, some messes along the way. But look, if you ask that parent, are you disappointed that your baby made a mess? You know what? Parents aren't disappointed. You know why? Because they expect it. They expect that's going to happen. You know, uh, you see any, any parent of a newborn, you can't buy enough diapers. I mean, you're going through them right and left. I mean, you can't keep enough baby bibs clean at the house. I mean, uh, you're constantly changing their outfits because they're, they're, they're throwing up on them. They're making a mess. They're drooling all over them. That's just the way it is when you think about a new baby. There's a lot of work because of a lot of messes. Now, the same is true about new Christians. I mean, you think about a new creature in Christ, a new Christian, Listen, God makes us new. Let me say that again. God makes us new at salvation. But here's the thing I love about God. God doesn't expect us to be fully mature when we get saved. 
He doesn't expect that. Just like a parent shouldn't expect their baby to be fully mature. Look, we got 30s and 40-year-olds still living at home with mom and dad, you know? So think about this. God understands that, you know, that's why the Bible helps us understand something called sanctification. See, salvation is the miracle of a moment. Sanctification is the, the, the process of an entire life of a Christian, that we are to be growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. So God knows that we will make some spiritual messes along the way. <laughs> and God knows that. By the way, if God didn't know that, 1 John 1, 9 wouldn't be in the Bible. That if, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. You know what that means? God knew that even when we got saved, we were still going to do things we shouldn't do, right? How many of you are glad 1 John 1, 9 is in the Bible? And by the way, 1 John 1, 9 we shouldn't treat it like the proverbial get out of jail free card. In other words, I can just do what I want because, hey, I got 1 John 1, 9. That's not what it's intended for. But when we do sin, God says, listen, I will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Aren't you glad we have a heavenly father that will forgive us of any mess we get ourselves into? And you know why? Because we're a new creature in Christ. Look at the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, how many things are new? All. Now think about that. All things. Look at Galatians 6, 15. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. A new creature. Uh, Peter says, whereby are given unto us, now look at this, again, here's what he says, great and precious promises that by these we might be the partakers of the divine nature. We've escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. See, look, our salvation, and that's what we're talking about this morning when we talk about being newborn, our salvation was a complete spiritual rebuild. That's what it was. Uh, look, God, God didn't throw the clay away. He made it again another vessel. The, the, the prophet Isaiah wrote many years ago. See, God crucified, and this is what the scripture teaches us. Study this yourself. God crucified our sin nature on the cross of Jesus Christ. Uh, the Bible refers to it as the old man. And think about that. Uh, we, we now are, have this new nature. Uh, God didn't just look. And I've seen people do this, even especially with older cars, just put a fresh coat of paint on it. You ever seen that? Somebody takes something and it just, it, it, it just looks awful. And instead of uh, you know, doing the right thing, they just try to cover it up with a fresh coat of paint. And you're looking at it and you can still see all the blemishes right through that fresh coat of paint. That's not what God did to us when we got saved. Uh, understand this morning that our salvation was a complete spiritual rebuild. Look at Romans 6, 6. Knowing this that our old man is crucified with him, with Jesus, that the body of sin might be what? Destroyed. Now watch, look at these words. That henceforth, from that moment on. Now look, I hope you're getting this this morning. I'm glad you're in Sunday school, but don't just, don't just be here 
really engage yourself because you've got to get this. I think this is the reason so many Christians struggle because they don't understand what they have in Christ. Look at this, that henceforth, from that time that sin was destroyed, the old man was crucified, look at this, that we should not, what's those last two words? Serve sin. Now look, you and I, many times, that's what we do, is we, we default back to the old life, to serving sin. Listen, can I tell you this morning, when you got saved, God delivered you from that. God crucified the old man, and we need to get a hold of that this morning. Now look, as you look at that verse, Romans 6, 6, look, we do still sin. How many of you, when you got saved, you realized after you got saved, you still sin, right? All of us understand that. But listen, we do have within ourselves, because of the flesh, we do have the capacity to do wrong. It just comes natural for us. But for the first time in our lives, after we got saved, we now have a nature, we just read it a couple times, a divine nature that can mature in a relationship with Jesus. See, that's all the difference. Because look, now the Lord's in your life you are now in Christ. I hope you get those two words, to be in Christ. You're a new creature in Christ. See, we now have uh, uh, the relationship with Jesus Christ, and it'll take the rest of your life and mine to mature. Think about all the things that you, through the, the divine nature, are going to have to try to unlearn all those things that the old nature taught your flesh, you know? That's one of the hardest things is, is many times people have, and I hate to use the word, but they have this baggage, right? Things in their life. How many of you got saved before uh, you were 16 years of age? Before you were 16, raise your hand. Before you were 16. Okay, just, just a couple of you. How many of you were saved before the age of 25? Raise your hands. Before the age of 25. Just another couple. How about you were saved before the age of 30? Another couple there. How many were saved? Uh, so the rest of you were saved after the age of 30? Is that right? Raise your hand if you were saved after the age of 30. Okay, that's, that's more hands than I figured this morning. And so think about that is for all those years before you got saved, that old nature, all those things that your flesh enjoyed, that it's going to take a lifetime... Now, here's what happens is we get aggravated sometimes when we fall back, when we do things we ought not to do, because we, we, we think, hey, listen, I should be a super Christian. And understand that it's a process. It, it, look, God understands that, that again, he's not, he doesn't want us to, to, to go out and sin and say, look, it's just going to take time. But when your new nature came alive, listen, here's what God's saying to you this morning. Your old nature died. Let me say that again. When your new nature came alive, your old nature died. You've got to understand that this morning. It, it, sometimes here's what happens is, is that the fact that we still sin after we're saved, it doesn't mean that we don't have a new nature. Here's what it does mean, that we're not behaving consistently with who we really are. And who are we? We're a child of God. We're a new creature in Christ. We have not yet matured in our lives. Look at Philippians 2.13. Paul wrote these words to 
Christians, he said, it is God which worketh in you both to do, to, to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, you know what God's will for your life and mine is? Here it is. It's this simple, to be more like his own dear son. That's what the Lord wants. Uh, we, we went to a ball game yesterday, had a good time, enjoyed ourselves, probably ate too much. And um, we left the game, and, uh, and Brother Kenny was driving the van in front. Brother Chris was driving the van in the back. And I don't know if you've seen, uh, God's blessed us, give us a couple nice vans. And we had uh, nice lettering and the church logo and the church name and the website and the phone number on the, on the vans on the front, both sides, and the back. I mean, we'd have put it on top if people rode around in helicopters, you know. And, and so we're leaving the ballpark, and, and we're trying to get out of Miami. And uh, I, learned a, I, I learned an interesting thing. If I ever go to Miami Marlins game, I, I want to leave before the game's over. It is crazy trying to get out of there. And so we left. And so you know how it is. People are trying to cut in and butt in, and, and, and they're literally, they look like they're going to hit you, you know. Uh, and, 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 and so Brother Chris, he's kind of inching up with the van. And I said, Brother Chris, our church name is plastered all over the side of this van. I said, these people are looking at this van going, oh, they're going to stop for us because they're a church van. And Brother Chris, he just lunges forward again, a couple more. I'm like, Brother Chris, come on now, you know, we're going to make you get out, you know, if you're not going to behave yourself, you know. But, you know, the truth is, if I'd have been behind the wheel, I'd have probably been doing the same thing. Sometimes that, that, that nature just seems... But look, folks, when we get saved, we are 100%. Look, not 99, not 80, not 50. We're 100% a new creature. How many of you, from the Word of God, agree with that this morning? We are 100% a new creature. Now, look at the second thing that was fully in place... When you and I got saved, look at the second one. We, as a newborn in Christ, we are 100% accepted. We're 100% accepted. Now, this is a biggie because you know what people are looking for today? They're looking for acceptance. They want to be accepted. See, a newborn child is a, a child that is, is absolutely fully accepted just as they are. Uh, I, I have some uh, friends, they're not close friends, but I have friends out in California that they had two girls and she gave birth, this has been probably two, three years ago, not quite three years ago, she gave birth to her third daughter, kind of reminded me of, of our family, and so they now have three girls. When their third daughter was born, she had a problem with her, her lip and her mouth, what is that called, is it, is it a cleft, cleft, cleft palate or whatever it is? And, uh, and, and she had, it was, I mean, it, it, when you looked at it, it just, it, it looked horrific. And, and when she was born, I started reading a lot of the, the uh, uh, stuff that she was putting out, and, and she just kept talking about how beautiful her daughter was. You know what that told me? That that mother saw beyond that and fully, completely accepted that daughter just the way she was. Well, when you think about you and I in Christ, okay, and this is, this is important in the Christian life, that because of Jesus, did you hear what I said? Because of Jesus, we are fully, 
and completely accepted by God. When God looks at us, he sees his own dear son, Jesus. And we're completely, fully accepted. We will always be loved of God, not because of who we are, but because of Jesus. See, God doesn't love us. God doesn't love me or Roman because of me and Roman. God loves us because of Jesus because of his own dear son. In scripture, uh, the word, in, in the word acceptance is a neat word, but it's used a couple different ways in the word of God. One way the word acceptance is used in the Bible is in the relationship to Jesus. In other words, uh, our belonging to him. Look what uh, Paul wrote to those in Ephesus, to the praise and of uh, the glory of his grace, wherein he, Jesus, hath made us accepted in the beloved. You know, a lot of times I see even Christians sometimes come into church and they, they want to be accepted. They want to feel a part of something. Folks, listen, it's great to be a part of a church. I can't think of a better thing uh, in this world, but much more than that is just to realize that, that God accepts us fully and completely. And, but the Bible says that it's because of what Jesus has done for us that we are accepted in the beloved. You see, it's that relationship of belonging to him. Another use of the word acceptance deals with our labor. Now look at this, because our, he's talking about our faith in action, about making us acceptable to the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, wherefore we labor, now look at the words, we labor that, whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Now many times we can labor for the wrong reasons. We can have the wrong motives, uh, why we do something. And, and we need to make sure that our motives are pure, that they're genuine. But like children, and, and, and many times we see this, we can fully accept our children just like they are. But sometimes our children's behavior isn't always acceptable to us. Now, I know you probably never had that problem with your kids. But there have been times where my children's behavior wasn't fully acceptable to me. One time I was building our house, and it was back in 1992, I think it was, maybe 91. And, and uh, I was building the house. I had a lot of equipment, a lot of saws, a lot of power tools out. And i be honest with you, I was just trying to be a dad and make sure that my children weren't going to get hurt. And so I kind of gave my children some instructions to stay away from here, you know, and being children, they were just clowning around, playing around. And, and I told them, I says, if you don't stop, I says, then I'm going to stop doing what I'm going to do, doing here. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to pick up a piece of wood from that pile. I'm going to bring it over to this saw and I'm going to make a board of correction. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so they just kept doing what they were doing. And I, again, I just was trying to keep some order. I didn't want anybody to get hurt. And, uh, and so sure enough, they, they just kept doing it. And I went over there and they found me a nice piece of wood. And I made me a nice little uh, correction device. And, uh, and we just had a little session, you know. But, but here's the thing is, is that sometimes our behavior is not what it ought to be. But understand this, it doesn't change the fact that when Jesus died on the cross at Calvary, that he paid for all our sins. Not some, not part. He paid for all of our sins. 
And we, you and I, we could never be more accepted by God than we already are. It's not like you're going to win God's favor. What you need to do this morning, if you're not already there, is that you and I need to accept the fact that we are accepted by God. We are accepted. We're fully 100%. God's work in us is not complete. God's going to continue to mature us. Look what Paul wrote in Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun, what kind of work in you? A good work, okay? Now notice the wording here, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Sounds to me like we're a work in progress, right? Sounds to me like God's not done with us yet. And guess what? I'm okay with that. But watch, while God is working on me, I am still 100% accepted by Him. See, when we think about being a new Christian, a new creature, we're 100% a new creature when we get saved. We're 100% accepted by God. Look at the third thing that was in place when you got saved. Being a newborn means that we are 100% secure. Now, this is something that I think a lot of Christians have not yet nailed down in their heart because the Word of God teaches something called eternal security. Not just security. You know, I saw somebody post the other day uh, about, and they, did, they weren't trying to sell ADT systems. You know what they were trying to sell? ADT signs. Put these in your yard and you'll be a whole lot safer, you know. Well, no sign ever kept me safe, you know. Uh, I'm looking for something that is a good security that I can rely, rely on. Listen, folks, I'm going to tell you this morning, to be secure means to be a child of God. And you're not just a little secure. According to the Word of God, you are 100% secure. It's called eternal security. Look in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. And I, I'm sorry, I think I put verse 3, but it should be verse 13. It's, the Bible says, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Now, think about that. Who's the Holy Spirit? Can you tell me this morning? The Holy Spirit's God, right? The Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, when you got saved, you were sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, if the Holy Spirit is God, do you believe that this morning? Amen. I hope you do, because that's what the Bible teaches. If the Holy Spirit's God and the Holy Spirit seals you until the day of Jesus Christ, then do you think that you're 100% secured this morning? Absolutely. According to the Word of God, look what the Bible says in Ephesians 4 in verse 30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed under the day of what? the day of redemption. So look, nothing that you and I do can cause us to lose our new nature. You know why? Because it's permanent. When I talk to people and give, have an opportunity to witness to them, and I say, you know, a lot of times we might use a verse like John three sixteen, that, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what kind of life? 
everlasting. And the Bible also says, in other places, eternal life. Both words are dealing with this matter of security. We are 100% secure. I'd hate to be a part of some religious group or a church where they believe you can lose your salvation. I mean, folks, think about it. You're never going to live on the victory side of life if you think, boy, I, what I just did, I probably just lost my salvation. And I've, I've talked to people, witnessed to people, and, and I've had people tell me, oh, I've been saved many times. Let me ask you a question. How many times did Jesus die on the cross? How many times do you think you need to be saved? Once. Because to say that you have to be saved over and over and over again means that Jesus would have had to die over and over and over again. The Bible says he died once for the sins of the world. See, we're eternally secure, and when you became a new creature in Christ, a newborn, you are 100% secure. Look, you know what salvation is? It's birth. And Maylene, birth is irreversible. I mean, would you even dream of taking Tyler and reversing that? I, I, you know, I mean, Tim would. <laughs> Maybe I should have picked, uh, you know, one of his other sons. I don't know. But, but here's the thing is, I think all of us understand, once that child is born, like Joy, when she was pregnant with our first child, uh, our oldest daughter, her water broke, and she went to the hospital, and, you know, I was a first-time dad. I didn't know a whole lot about it. Been to the classes, but didn't really pay attention when we went to those classes. And, and, and they told me uh, when I went to the hospital, there's my wife, and they said, uh, I said, well, you know, is she going to have the baby? And, and they said, well, in time. And I said, well, does she have to stay here until she has the baby? And the, the nurse said, well, her water broke. She can't go anywhere. There was no reversing it. You ever, maybe some of you ladies that have had children, uh, my, this never happened to my wife. My children always wanted to stay in and not come out. But there have been times, like we had a friend, that, that there came a time where they never even made it to the hospital. And, it was, and by the time they got to the hospital, the, the nurse and doctor told her to cross her legs. I'm like, I don't think that's going to keep the baby in there, you know. You can try that all you want. But here's the thing is, when we think about being secure, look, there's nothing that can reverse. Do you get it this morning? You, were, you, you didn't save yourself. When you got saved, who saved you? That's right. You were saved by God. It was to be born from above. And if you didn't save yourself, then you can't unsave yourself. It's irreversible. Salvation is irreversible. You cannot lose your acceptance with God. You cannot do anything to become unborn to the family of God. It's impossible. But listen, even though you can't do anything to become unborn, you can live, and we see this happen a lot, you can live against or inconsistently with your new nature. Now, remember, I mentioned there are the natural man, the, the spiritual man. Anybody remember the third man I mentioned? The carnal man. See, that's what the carnal man does. By the way, using the word man, it, it's all inclusive. But it's someone that lives against the new nature. 
They live against, uh, inconsistent with the new nature that we have in Christ. And, and look, you, you, can, you can't stay carnal and immature in your life. You, you can behave poorly, inconsistently as a Christian, but the good news is that when you got saved, look what the Bible says in Titus 3, 5. Look at this. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of what? Now, that's a great word. By the washing of regeneration. Now, there's a lot of uh, scientists and doctors, there's a lot of people today that are messing with, you know, DNA and, and stem cells and all those types of things. And, and they think they've been successful in a few areas. But this word here, regeneration, actually gives the, the full meaning that we were regened. Now remember, salvation is the work of God. I can't save you. The church can't save you. Uh, your works can't save you. Giving money cannot save you. But look what the verse says again. How were we saved? By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. See, this regeneration means that we now have God's nature in us. God's nature is in you. Remember, we read it. The divine nature. We're now partakers of the divine nature. God's Spirit lives in us. You receive the Holy Spirit at the moment you were saved by the grace of God. We, we call this the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Look in Ephesians 1. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, to whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest, that word means down payment, that's the earnest of our inheritance until. In other words, you... You receive the Holy Spirit of God until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. See, when a person is saved, they're born into absolute security. You are 100% secure. Nothing can remove God's Holy Spirit seal from your life. Remember this verse in the Bible? Greater is He that is in you than he that's in the world. Is there any more, anyone more powerful than God? Yes or no? No, there isn't. So if God sealed you under the day of redemption, I would say you and I are 100% secure. And I, I love the fact here, listen, nothing can rewrite your spiritual genetics or take away your security. Behavior didn't bring you to Jesus and behavior cannot remove you from him either. He accepts us by our birth. Now look at the fourth thing that was in place, and this is awesome, okay? And I want to leave you with this this morning because I know a lot of times if you're like me, you're probably thinking, okay, pastor, I'm saved. I see that in the word of God. I'm a new creature in Christ. Uh, I now have seen this morning, I'm 100% accepted when I got saved. I'm 100% secure, but I'm just not really sure that I can really do much for God. Now, here's what I want you to see, because when you got saved as a newborn, you have 100% new potential. Behold, all things are become what? New. See, a newborn babe in Christ has unbelievable potential for growth. 
unbelievable potential for growth. Folks, listen, this morning, that's why I get excited about Vacation Bible School. You know why? Because if God can get through the heart of a child, he gets a whole life. And that's why it's so important. We had junior camp this past week, and those boys and girls learned all kinds of things about the Word of God. And you know why my heart was thrilled? Because if they weren't, wouldn't have been here, they would have been at home, and they probably, you know, maybe they would have had the TV on, maybe they would have been reading a book, and maybe not doing something bad, but they wouldn't have been receiving what they got while they were here this past couple days, this past week. And we need to see the potential, even in our own lives, how this, and it begins internally. Remember, when you get saved, it's a process that takes place in your heart. Now, here's what happens is, watch, it begins internally, but it manifests itself externally. See, God starts the work in us, but then God wants to work through us. Uh, here's a neat example, and, and I, I don't know why this came to my mind. I didn't have it in my notes, but, but every year, Vacation Bible School, we have, we have the missions project, and I'm very excited about that again this year, and, and uh, God just put on my heart, we, we, uh, we've really come uh, to love and, and, and dear the, the, the children's hope home up there that Brother Kenny and some of our team just went to, and uh, such a worthy cause, and so our offering for Vacation Bible School this year is going to be for the Hope Children's Home, and, uh, and Miss Maylene helps us out with that, and, and we're going to have a great time. But, you know, what I, what I think is neat is, is those kids, when they come in for the offering, I mean, they come in with all this money, and I'm thinking, where'd they get this money from? You know, children today have more money than I do. And they come in with rolls, they come in with $20 bills. And you know what I've seen a lot of times is as they come through the door, some of our church members, some of you even, will, will hand them some money and say, here, go over, and we always have pennies that they can buy. And, and I just think it's a neat thing because of the potential that is there to encourage them. I even see that in the adults of our church sometimes is, is how they, they want to be a part of it. And I think that's, that's what we need to see is the potential. Peter says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, why do you, look, why do you give milk to a baby? Because its digestive system can work on that. And what does milk help a child do? To grow thereby. You know, my, my, my little youngest granddaughter that's, that's here at the church, Peyton, this morning, she was in, in her daddy's office and, and the, 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 her diaper bag was sitting there on the ground and she was rifling through that diaper bag, pulling out food and then on the side of it, she found her bottle and she pulled it out. My daughter goes, uh-uh, that's for later and put it back in the bag. She wanted that bottle. You know why? Because it was clear and she could see what was inside of it. You know, look, milk's done this body good. I mean, it's good. It helps us to grow. It's really good if you put some chocolate in it, you know? And so the thing is, is that we need the Word of God. Peter says, grow in grace and then the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Look, growing is something that God wants for our lives, and He wants us to grow into the image of his dear son. That's the journey of the Christian life is that when we got saved, we became a new creature. We are fully accepted. We are secure. And God realizes and tries to help us understand that he wants us to have progress in our lives. Now, look, I know that sometimes progress can be slow. And, and listen, honestly, sometimes that slow pro progress is not God's fault. It's ours. Sometimes it's progress is painful some of the things that we go through. But listen, in spite of the pain and slowness of the process, 
There is great potential because of our new nature. Our messes that we make in our lives as a Christian, they're no surprise to God. And that's why God says, my grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is there for every need in our lives. One of the great secrets of enjoying the Christian life is the journey, learning to be thankful for where you are. Look what James writes, let patience have, look at the words, her perfect what? Work. Look, what you and I need to say is, I want to be where the Lord wants me to be, and I want to be patient and let God work in my life. And many of us as Christians, we wrestle with this accepting of the new nature. And maybe today the lessons helped you a little bit understand the matter of the new nature. Look what Paul wrote to those in Rome. He says, I delight in the law of God after the inward man. See, there had been a change in Paul's life, and it was the Lord working from the inside out. Look, at it says in Ephesians 2.13, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who uh, sometimes were far off, are made nigh. In other words, how are we brought closer to God? By the blood of Jesus Christ. See, we are to be thankful this morning. How many of you are glad to be saved today? Amen. Amen. And listen, I hope that you understand this morning what, what value it is to be a Christian and to be a newborn in Jesus Christ. Now look, God doesn't intend us to remain a baby. God wants us to grow. And that's, our, that's the, 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 the Christian life is to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the word of God. Pray that you'd bless it to our hearts. Help us to understand that we are a part of your family if we are saved. And Lord, that we would be growing as your child. Thank you for being patient with us and for fully accepting us for who we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.